This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. I am so pumped for today's episode. I'm bringing on two very special people who you will be hearing about a lot moving forward. First, we have Jamie. Jamie is a therapist. She recently opened her own practice and she has a lot of amazing, amazing insight into modern dating and relationships from working with her clients, but also from her own relationship. Um, And Taylor has his own jewelry company called Blake Taylor. I'm literally sitting here right now in my tennis choker and tennis bracelet and I am absolutely in love with both of them I literally do not take them off so of course I worked out with Taylor that I can get you guys a discount so if you go to blaketaylor.com you can use the code Alana15 for 15% off your purchase. Um, the jewelry is really amazing. It's like so well priced, so well done, adds like the perfect whatever you need to your outfit, to your date outfit, to your first date, 
whatever engagement parties, weddings you're going to, whatever it is, it's just like high quality jewelry at a really great price point. And that is what I love. Um, and so yeah, Jamie and Taylor are dating. They've been together for six years. And I thought we'd be able to have a really great conversation about what it's like dating a therapist and what it's like dating as a therapist. And Jamie has heard it all, has seen it all and has lived a lot of it when it comes to like modern romance and, and relationships. And they moved in together during the pandemic. They had to go through all of that. They moved from New York to Florida together. Um, and they really have come through a lot and have gone through a lot and have worked it out together. And I really admire their relationship and they have a lot of really great advice and a lot to share about how they've made it work for six years and how they have communicated together and, and grown together. And of course, Jamie hears everything about modern dating from her clients and while wow, respecting confidentiality rules, um, she's going to share some of what she's learned from them and, and also some advice she has for people who are struggling with all of the things that come with modern dating. So it's a great, great, great episode. Definitely follow both of them on Instagram, um, instagram.com slash Blake Taylor jewelry. Let's see. Instagram.com slash Blake Taylor. Um, and I'm, I'm fact checking that right now. Yeah. Instagram.com slash Blake Taylor jewelry. And then Jamie is at jg.well. And let's take it away. Let's bring Jamie and Taylor in. Tis the season for gift giving. Tis also the season for treating yourself. Whichever path you decide to go down, I have the perfect gift for you. Batter that matters. Truly the best cookie company with the best cookies out there. I tried them for the first time about a month ago. And since then, I have actually ordered three more boxes for myself. And my newest box is coming this week. And I have a feeling before I finish that one, I will be ordering another. Their cookies are incredible. They have gluten-free options and vegan options too. So they literally include everybody. Like there's nobody that can enjoy a batter that matters cookie. They ship nationwide for free and they donate up to 50% of their profits to a different charity every season. These cookies, I'm not even kidding. If you get them for your coworkers or your boss or your secret Santa person or your new significant other's parents or your own parents or just for yourself. Every single person that you get these cookies for is going to love you and be so grateful because they are literally the best cookies. Don't take my word for it. Try them for yourself. Ourbattermatters.com. And of course, hooked you up with the code. Use seeing other people at checkout for 10% off. And we are here with Jamie and Taylor. You guys, I'm super excited to have you. Why don't you introduce yourselves to the Seeing Other People family? Awesome. So I'm Jamie. I am a private practice therapist. I just actually opened up my own virtual practice in September of this year, and things are going great. That's my awesome. name is Taylor, and I own an e-commerce jewelry company called Blake Taylor Jewelry. Um, we started in January of 2021. And that's that from there. Use code Alana15 for 15% off. There we go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, cool. I'm super excited to have you guys here. And um, just some background for the listeners. Jamie and Taylor are here because they are dating. They have been dating for a while. They are living together now, though. They are actually doing this recording in separate rooms. But... Um, the reason I wanted to have you two on specifically is because I'm super curious to hear what it's like um, 
as Jamie, as you are a therapist, like what it's like for you in your relationships, but also Taylor, what it's like for you to be dating Jamie based on what she does. So why don't we back it up and start with how you guys met, if you want to set that scene for me. Jay, All right, take I'll take it away and you can fill in where you feel is necessary. <laughs> um, Taylor and I, funny enough, are both huge New York Islander fans. For those of you that don't know, it is the hockey team based on Long Island, New York. We grew up, I grew up sitting in section 216 row A. He was probably, what, 119, the last row, whatever row that would 115 be. 115 row J. 115 row J. And we would be at every single game, both of us. He'd be with his dad, his brother, and usually his uncle. And I was brother, dad, usually a friend, best friend, or my brother's friends. And we'd kind of alternate that way. Um, quick little background. Taylor's two years older than me. So at the games, Taylor did not look the way he looked right now when he was growing up. He was shorter and very chubby. And in between every intermission, him and his dad would turn around and be like, hey, anybody want Carvel? And my best friend and I were like, no, thank you. But we knew without fail. His dad was coming back with vanilla ice cream with hot fudge on it. And my best friend and I used to always say, you know, oh, he'd be so cute if he wasn't so chubby. Oh, my God. And yeah. So that went on for years. And we would have, you know, small banter. And this is what well, we we're I was in middle school, then high school. And then college, you know, our dads would always be talking between periods. And we'd like small talk banter, but never really. Barely small talk. Barely small talk. <laughs> if Taylor turned around, it was a miracle. But his dad and I used to talk all the time. Knew more about his dad. <laughs> and then we'll fast forward. I was a senior in college. Tame was living in the city. Yeah. What were you doing, Tay? I was living in the city working for my family business. And I had been home for college for the weekend and the power of social media. Taylor was at the same Knicks game that I was at. So I messaged him and I was like, oh, I'm here too. And we were going to meet up that night, but didn't work out that night. And then Tay, you can kind of take it away. So figuring that I met Jamie at a Nick game, actually, that's a complete lie. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that you guys like reconnected at the Knicks game, not the Islanders game. Yeah. So then I invited her to the next week to a Nick game, thinking she loved the Knicks as much as she loved the Islanders. Little did I know she hates the Knicks and just went because her dad wanted her hate, to go. Whoa, hate is a strong word. I don't hate the Knicks, one. but like first date vibe, I wasn't like, oh my God, I can't wait to go to the Nick game. So Jamie... I think you're going to want to tell the story of going to the game and then. Yeah. Well, apparently we were doing like a little bit of like a review of our first night last night when we were just kind of figuring out small things about what could potentially come up. And Taylor told me, and I said, yeah, like there's a picture on my phone of my brother's apartment. Like, I don't remember going to my brother's apartment. He's like, because you didn't. And I was like, oh, like, did I meet you at the game? Like, I really don't remember. And he's like, like, thought I was kidding. And he was like, Jamie, you drove your car to the Manhasset train station and I picked you up there and we drove in together. And I'm like, so you drove from his office's Rockville Center to Manhasset to come pick me up at the train station. And then we drove in together and where did we go? And he's like, and then you came to my apartment and you saw my dad. And I was like, what? Like, oh, okay, I don't remember any of that. That's a lot to forget, I feel like. A lot like. to forget, but I do re vividly remember, like, the first – like, the, we were at the game, and then on the way home, and this – you know, I was very young and naive at this point, but Taylor, <laughs> to this day, has never lived this down. Um, he put me on the Long Island Railroad home at God knows what time after the game, and – I went out with him again the next night and me like sitting here, like almost like astonished, like 
I let, I was just so cool. I guess back in the day when I was, you know, 21 years old, like, Oh, I'll just take the long Island railroad home. Like really late at night and get to Manhasset, which is like 25 minutes from my house. And like, I won't say anything to him that like, probably like was a little concerning to me. Um, <laughs> Give me some you, today, Taylor, do you think you at least said like, let me know that you get home safe? Definitely said that. And I cannot believe that I would allow, I barely would allow Jamie to go down to the lobby by herself now. Like, <laughs> It's so. really funny. Cause it was like, that just happened on the first date and hands down, Taylor has like the best manners of any boy that I've ever dated to the point that my parents at home have like a nest camera outside. And sometimes they'll like go on the video and they'll start laughing because we've been dating for almost six years and he still gets the car door for me every single time. Wow. Chivalry is alive. It's alive here. It was dead when I was 23, but now I'm 29. It's back. And your parents are watching it happen. Yes, they are. And they're very happy about it. <laughs> amazing. Well, I love that. And I, I love hearing, I mean, I think that's an amazing, like how you guys met and ended up dating story. And I love seeing that it's been six years and you're still together. And I feel like couples for the most part, when they start dating at that young age, it doesn't last. And so I am really curious to hear how your relationship progressed. And Jamie, I feel like because of what you do, I, I have a feeling that your job is part of the reason that you guys are still together because I'm sure you have like a more mature communication style and you've heard a lot about relationships that haven't worked out. And so you've kind of learned and like gotten the tools in your toolkit to kind of do the bet like the better things and communicate better and and make sure that you guys are on the same page. Taylor, not to not give you credit. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm curious, I'd love to hear um, what aspects of, of Jamie being a therapist you think has actually led to relationship success. Okay, great. You want to start with that? Or do you want to start with the first part with Jamie's communication? Yeah. Whatever okay. I'll like. start a little bit. I think when we first started dating, I was super young. I was still in college. So we actually did break up when I went back to school just because we were in two very different places and I sort of realized like this was never going to work in the state that I was in. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I had applied to social work school, but didn't really know if that's what I wanted to do and was all over the map. But since that first day that we went on our first date, the communication kind of never stopped between us, you know, definitely have its ups and downs and whatnot. And I think that through it all, and especially being in social work school, my communication changed so much for the better and for both of us. Um, I think that we definitely learn a lot from each other. And I think that we're, if you were to ask any of our friends or anyone in our family, we are very different people in, in all realms, um, communication styles for sure. And patience. And I'm much more of like, a, I say, I'm going to do something and it's done. And Taylor's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And like, it may get done in three years, maybe never get done. He may forget that he even like was going to do it. So I think through and through, through it all, what's gotten us through our relationship and the ups and downs is both of us really loving each other and wanting to be there for each other and being super understanding. So I think that as I've matured and Taylor's matured, he's seen me through all episodes of my life. You know, the college girl, the just moved to New York city, the grad student, the preparing for the biggest test of my life. Um, the unfortunate passing of both of my grandpas, Taylor was there for. So I think through different stages of our life, our communication has changed, but me as a therapist and Taylor understanding that I'm a therapist has definitely played like a huge role in it. 
So I think it'd be interesting for Tay from your perspective to hear. Yeah. So like firsthand, I've gotten to watch her grow and like she's gotten to watch me grow, which has been like one of my best memories of this relationship as a whole. Um, starting out in social work school, it was definitely interesting because I did see like the theory starting to be applied. And like as min- minute I said something, she's like, no, you're doing X. And I'm just like, I'm your boyfriend. I'm not like your patient sometimes. And, Did you feel like uh, you were being psychoanalyzed like as she uh, was learning about it? All, all the time. Cause like she, how she applied it, like when she was studying for her biggest test, she's like, Oh, Tay, you're this. Tay, <laughs> you're this. And I'm like, I love you, but like, stop. That's, and I give myself a little, a little piece of credit, not much credit, but you know, applying those theories to me, I think probably she, she passed those theories on pretty well under the test. Um, that being said, the communication, you know, she's grown as a communicator substantially since we started dating. Um, she's pretty straight to the point and she's very thorough, like too thorough sometimes, but she's like by the book and super organized and super. Whereas sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll take care of it. And then if it's not done within 30 minutes, she's like, oh, I just did it. And I'm just like, we have other things going on. But really as a whole, her being a therapist is interesting because she understands, but there's times where she is just like a normal girl, like that I've previously dated that doesn't apply theories and just is emotional. And sometimes she's saying things that a therapist would say. And I have to also realize that she is a therapist and she does know what she's talking about in in times. And I think it's helpful for us as a whole. Um, but I do think we have the right balance. And at times when we were growing and we were growing apart at times that she didn't have that balance. And I think that's a huge testament to her her work and how her self-work, I would say, um, to really make this work between us because we are very different people. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that when some of these things that like she was learning would come out and, and identifying different behaviors and stuff, um, that she would bring up, do you think that like challenged you and, and made you like work harder to be whatever, like the best version of yourself? Yeah. So daily she challenges me to be the best version of myself, uh, from that 5am alarm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's brutal, brutal, but she pops out of bed every morning and I'm just like, guess we got to get out of bed. Um, you get out of bed with her. I stay away, but yes. 5am we're now I also think that a huge part of our relationship has changed since living together and the pandemic and living at his parents so I think that's more so where my job came into play versus like when we first started dating now like the memories are like as I'm sitting here like coming back to when I was first taking my licensing exam and I would be laying in my bed and Taylor would be like sitting on the floor dancing around like questioning me and I'm like I'm done like I don't want to do this anymore and he's like well, what does anti-personality disorder mean? And I'm just like, literally, please stop. But he, he truly did get me through everything by making it funny. So I think it, in hindsight, my job definitely did play a lot of it. And he's been nothing but supportive. Even when I got my first job and my hours were interesting and it would be like the seven, seven to 12, you know, three to nine. And he would be like, Shibler was not dead because he'd be sitting outside in his car being like, you can't walk home this late in the dark with like food and dinner and everything. Um, So even if my job ever played a negative role in our relationship, Taylor was super understanding about it. Yeah. And vice versa for me, like this year has definitely been super challenging having a new startup. Um, And I owe a ton of the credit and a ton of like, 
we like, joked yesterday, like, point for Jamie, but like she's got a big leaderboard over, over there, like, and she's sure? like, my biggest fan also. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely important. I think the balance for our, our support for one another for our ventures life yeah absolutely i think that's so important and and also understanding like why the why behind what you each do is i think something that is so important and i've seen relationships where people like don't really get why their significant other like is doing what they're doing and and i i think if that's the case like there's it's almost hopeless because if someone's working really hard at something and you just don't understand why you're going to think that they're taking time away from your relationship or that like it makes no sense why they're doing like working so hard for this thing when like you need to really understand like why someone's passionate about what they're passionate about and and what they want to get out of it otherwise like it, you can't really be there to support them through it Absolutely. Like I have like a blind why, like whatever she's like on a Sunday, she's like, I have to take a client meeting in an hour. Like this person needs me. It's just like she made that decision. And like, there's not a question why she did it. Like I know she's, I know she's what, what I want to say. I know she's like, how do you describe it, Jay? Like, I know you're, I uh, do it for the right reason. Like I, I have a very clear boundary of, when it's Jamie and Taylor time and when it's Jamie and her friend's time and when it's like, Oh, this client actually like actually needs something. Um, and I think that that's definitely also been something interesting living together where, you know, my cell phone used to be like, Oh, like do whatever you want, like open it up, whatever. But now that's my main source of contact with a lot of my clients. So mm-hmm. I used to never, um, put like their names in my phone and now it just says like client and then I'll have like initials. So Taylor knows like, Oh, like don't touch Jamie's phone if it says client, whatnot. So I think, that those are like other interesting boundaries that have come up in like in a relationship where, you know, I'm very open. Like I, you know, go on my computer, go on anything, but there are certain things now being that we live together where it's like, Oh, like my phone's just there. I'll pick it up. But like, Oh no, that's also Jamie's like work phone. Um, right. so and definitely it's, time I touch your phone, even for like to read something. Now, just, now it's like accidentally see something. Yeah. So well, I that's think definitely like, a big, a big thing I, I wanted to ask about because obviously in, in what you do, you have to keep things confidential and, and you can't necessarily come home. Like I, I know my favorite thing to do is like when I see my boyfriend, I just want to like vent about work and like bitch about everything that happened in my day. Talk about like everybody I met with and everything. And like, you can't do that. And so I'm wondering what that's been like for each of you, where you might have like a really heavy day or have had like a really, really intense conversation with one of your clients and, and you can't, talk to him about it. And so I'm wondering what that's been like for you not being able to have that outlet, but also then Taylor for you seeing her maybe putting up a wall or feeling really like overwhelmed or or stressed or uh, like affected by something and not being able to really fully know about it. Yeah. I think from my perspective, things have changed so much since the pandemic. And since, you know, I'll think back to when I had a very hard internship and Tay and I were dating, I was working in foster care and I used to have like that period of like the 20 minute walk home where I would like do something that I really enjoyed. I'd call my best friend Rosner or I would put on like a podcast or my favorite music where I'd be like, okay, Jimmy, like let's decompress because Tay probably also had a really long day and probably just sat in like two hours of traffic. And, you know, and that was kind of a time where I could kind of say like, oh, I'm so stressed out, but I kind of groomed myself in that moment to already be like, okay, like the day is over. Like you made it through. And unless there was something like something really exciting and something really positive always came out like right away, like, Oh my God, I had a great day. And I think that we're both pretty like emotionally aware of each other. 
I think Tay definitely like wears his emotions on his sleeve a lot more than I do. So like, I know the second he walks in the door, if I call him, I know like what type of day he had. I was like, okay, like, oh God, like brace yourself or like, you know what, today wasn't that bad. Like we're going to have a fun night. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas for me, I think that being a therapist has kind of a poker face, I would say, where like I could have had like a really rough day and I'm like, oh, like everything's fine. But since living together and being down here, it's been different in that like at the end of the day before we usually have too much communication. I usually go on like at least like a 20 minute walk and I do something to kind of separate like this is the end of the day to like this is how I'm going to set myself up for my night or, you know, I shower at the end of the day. There's always something that I'll do that I'll kind of be the separation. And then, you know, sometimes there'll be a word, you know, I'll just say like penguin, whatever the word could be. And it's kind of like, okay, like I'm, I'm in a mood or like, please just stop that. Like, let me be type of situation where it's kind of like call to stay away. Like this is not personal, right? So like this guy Tay's skin has definitely grown thicker where it's like, okay, like I just had like one of those days where like you just know this isn't about you, like love you, but I need to like have my night or like have like my space for right now to process it all and it not interfere with our dynamic. Yeah, I think that's really, really smart. A few things that you said. One, the having something to separate, like, okay, like that was work and now this is my life or like this is us time. I think that is so important. I mean, I know one of my best friends is um, in her last year of medical school and like I've seen her after she's literally lost like three patients that day and like, and we're just getting sushi. And I'm like, how, like, how are you literally sitting here eating sushi and having a conversation? And she's like, because what else am I going to do? Like, I can't just go home and cry about it every night. Like if I were to do that, like I would not be able to, to work in this field, but like, yeah, like she would always like go for a walk or go to the gym and do that thing to separate like, okay, that was that. And now this is social time. This is friend time. And so I think that's so important for anyone who's like had, who has a job that, can really like weigh on you. And and I feel that way too sometimes. Um, and then the other thing I love, and I definitely want to get into later some questions about what it was like to move in together, but how you have like penguin or stay away, like something like that. Cause you do need to also like, yes, it's amazing to live together, but you also need to have that boundary and, and have that separation so that you can be independent when you need to be. Absolutely. Like coming from my perspective, like penguin and like staying away is definitely like a safe place for both of us. Just like I have crap days at work and I work by myself now. So like if I do want to vent, it's usually to Jamie. And with that being said, if she's having a crap day, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And I have to figure out a different outlet. So I do pick up the phone and call one of my friends and be like, this happened, this client did this, like it's annoying. Like, and just bounce ideas off of them. Um, that being said, she Jamie doesn't wear her emotions on her sleeve, but you can like feel it in her words at mm-hmm. the same time. And like, I could just tell like being around her for so long, where like at what point she had a bad day, a good day, and like, and so like as much as I wear it on my sleeve, I think she wears it on her words as well. Yeah. And that's important to learn. And I'm sure it, it takes time to learn if, if anyone's listening and like, Oh, but like, I don't, I can't figure that out about my partner. Like they've been together for six years. Don't worry. You got time. <laughs> you got time. But it's also when time. the transition and, and we were like laughing about this last night, because when we didn't live together, I definitely didn't play a therapist role for him, but I had a much larger capacity for like, okay, Tay, how was your day? And now mm-hmm. it's like, 
you didn't take out the garbage. Like, I don't want to hear about your day until you take out the garbage. Or like, you know, like we, at the end of the day, honestly, we always have each other laughing no matter what is going on, which I think definitely has kept us in this relationship for so long and why we do really understand each other because we definitely have like hilarious banter. And anybody that knows us or anybody that meets us is like, like you just have to laugh because of the things that either one of us says, or even you, like the conversations that you've witnessed between the two of us are like the Mm -hmm. back and forth texts. Like we have playful banter and that's kind of always what it comes back around. And believe me, we're all human beings here. You know, like we'll both own that. Like there are some days where I'm like, literally shut up. Like, I just like, don't want to hear you. Like I, like, and we're all human beings and, (laughs) uh, and we own that so much, both of us and both of us are at the point in our communication where it's like, Hey, like that got out of hand or Hey, like that isn't okay. That isn't cool. Like what's going to change next time. But again, like that comes with a lot of growth. Yeah. A lot absolutely. of growth. Like, in the <laughs> beginning, we'd fight with no gloves. And now like, I feel like we have half a set of gloves on. Well, we're, we're going for a full set soon. Um, it's going to be exciting when we get there. I love it. Um, so, okay. So Jamie, a few questions for you. Um, when it comes to like dating and relationships and, and obviously without crossing that barrier of, of revealing anything, but, um, about your clients and, and the conversations you've had with them, I'm curious what you've learned from them about relationships and communication. And obviously like you're having all these conversations, I'm sure you've been able to take some like nuggets and apply it to your life. So I'd love to hear what those might be. Of course. So I think when I first started therapy, I actually was seeing my own therapist for a lot of countertransference in terms of dating and how do I kind of keep that separation where I'm hearing something and I don't apply it to my life or there's a proper boundary of like my feelings not kind of coming into play. And I think now, you know, I don't think anyone's ever a master at doing that, but I'm much more comfortable about it. I think at the very beginning and even like now, right, it validates like I'm so lucky to have found a person that genuinely is like my biggest cheerleader Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of when I think about any major events in my life, but there are times, you know, that my work becomes difficult when it's, I hear, you know, I had three clients before this, every single client was talking about relationships and dating in New York and how hard it is or being cheated on or being lied to and all the things that could potentially cause issues in relationships where, you know, there used to be when I first started like that anxiety meter, like, Oh, like does Taylor go out and do this? Or like, is this what goes on? Like when I'm not there, And now, you know, looking four years later, it's kind of like, okay, like this has nothing to do with me. And how can I be there for my client? Mm -hmm. Being in the pandemic, it's definitely been so interesting. And this is kind of what I was saying to you last week of there are so many different types of relationships going on right now. It's been especially interesting in the pandemic because a lot of relationships failed. And it was kind of one of those things where I had made the decision and Taylor and I had made the decision together to quarantine with his mom down here for a little bit. And then we ended up staying down here for a year. And it was kind of one of those things where, what if this isn't for me? What if this doesn't work? And all these what ifs that my clients were saying to me kind of got me back into not a counter transference, but definitely questioning, you know, my thoughts and what I'm doing. And I am in therapy and those things did come up and I, was able to reassure and validate myself and val- re, you know, validate this relationship and that I am doing the right thing. But it's definitely difficult for me to not be in the dating pool and hear what people are going through because it is really difficult right now. It is really hard to put yourself back out there. And I hear 
a lot from my clients of the pressure of the external pressures to be in a relationship or parents saying, you know, you're 27, 28, why are you not dating? Are you dating? Who are you dating? Um, and definitely being vulnerable and putting yourself out there is something that people and my clients in particular kind of being in their twenties are struggling with. I do also work with male clients who say the same thing where they have difficulty, you know, going up to a girl or approaching a girl and the way that it used to be. And a lot of people are using the dating apps and a lot of them, unfortunately, aren't being, you know, feeling the success rate as high as to when, oh, when it used to be two years ago when I'd go out with all my friends and it was so much more natural and I want to meet somebody organic. Um, so it definitely goes down that winding road. And I definitely am more of like a goals oriented person. So in terms of relationships and dating, I will also challenge a client to say, well, what would it look like if you went up to him first? Or what would it look like if you went up to her first? You know, mm -hmm. and what is the fear in that? And that is definitely a process that then comes back to them identifying their own strengths and weaknesses in terms of dating. Yeah, for sure. I think you mentioned a lot of really good things there and, and, and things that I hear people stressing about too. And it, it is so hard and whether or not like, you're able to put yourself in their shoes. I mean, of course you are, but like as somebody who's in a relationship to hear all of these different things and, and I experienced it now too, cause I was, I was single for so long when I was doing this and now I've been in a relationship for eight months and it's, I almost feel like, okay, well, when I'm talking to people who are single and struggling, like I want to make sure that they know that I really, I do get it. Like I have been there and I do understand the struggles. And even if I'm not struggling with it right now, like I, I am here for them and I am here for them in it. And I feel like that's something that you probably can relate to. But that is a good point though, because I also do have clients just so, just so if we can kind of tie it all in, like yeah. I have so many clients that are bringing up this idea, like they feel like they have no friends. You know, they have plenty of friends. They can tell me about all the plans that they have and all the plans that they don't have. And it's the idea of just relationship in general, not romantic relationships, right? Like at the end of the day, like Taylor's also my best friend. He's not just my boyfriend. Sorry, buddy. I think that the, the idea of relationships has been skewed in the pandemic. Yeah. I'm curious what led to you guys deciding to quarantine together and then get your own place together? And what were some of the, I guess, growing pains you experienced in that? Because like you said, like there are so <laughs> many relationships that like you guys are already laughing. There are so many relationships that didn't make it through the pandemic. And I have friends who decided like, okay, I'm going to quarantine with my boyfriend, with my girlfriend. And then they broke up. Like it just, it, it was too soon and it did not work. And I know they're still sitting here like kicking themselves in the ass being like, well, maybe if we had like waited it, it could have worked. We just weren't ready yet, but who knows? Cause you don't know what you don't know. So I'm really curious to hear about that experience. Jay, why don't you start with the beginning of quarantine and then I'll pick yeah. it up when we came to Florida. All right. Fair. So when March 8th, I'll never March forget. The long oh, oh, this is a great story. So I'm March actually gonna hop in here for a second. So March 8th, I'm sitting at my desk and, and that's early. March 8th is Wait, early. Jay, you're not, you're going to forget something though. I, I don't know if I'm, gonna I'm coming to pick you up. No, but like the whole, like, okay, you, you do your part and then you, I'll- Yeah, you go first then. So I had been training really hard for this half marathon that I was running on, what is it, my 20th- I was going earlier than that. My 26th birthday. No, I'm going to bring it back to that. Okay. On my 26th birthday. And it was like the morning of my birthday. And then we had all these plans. We were going to come back and I had this whole birthday party planned. And my birthday's on March 14th, just so it's relevant. 
Um, and so we can all celebrate next year. It's, it's March 8th. And what happens? She calls me and says, this thing called COVID's coming and they're going to shut, shut us down in the city. And I'm going to be stuck here by myself because my brother works on Long Island. You work on Long Island and my family's on Long Island. I've heard rumblings of COVID previously, um, I don't, through my networks. And I was just like, you know what? I'm fortunate to have my family's home, like 15 minutes away from my office. I go, I'm going to come pick you up. I had like a light afternoon. I said, I'm going to come pick you up. We'll go to Long Island for a week. We'll see what actually happens. Little did we know those were going to be our last nights in New York. So I went back to my apartment. I got bagged for a week, got Jamie, picked Jamie up. She got a bag for a week. less dramatic than what actually went on. So I appreciate uh, it. It was a lot worse. I, I called him you. like frantically being like, they're shutting down the tunnel and I'm going to be stuck here by oh, myself. I, I called my and dad and had the same conversation. I'm like, they're shutting down Metro North. They're going to close the roads. Like, I need to go home oh, now. I don't even call my parents or my brother first. I called Tay because I'm like, I know Tay's going Tay's to be frantic and manic. And he's gonna whatever he's doing is not going to be that important. And he's going to leave work and come get me. So come get Jay. And then March 14th, March 14th was the marathon? Yes. Okay, so Jamie's been training very hard to run this marathon. And on March 13th, I decide to cook her dinner. So wait, you're also, so we're all, we're at home. We're at my parents' house now. My parents are, we're super tight family. My brother's home. We're all home having like a great time. This is going to be such a fun week. You know, it's just like, oh, like this is fun. Like a little family time, but like it was only supposed to be a week. Yeah. So <laughs> Tay comes over and like, I was training pretty serious. And like, if I am going to do something and I'm committed to it, like I, I commit to it fully. So, you know, my parents were at this point of just like, okay, Tay, like you're in charge, you cook her dinner because like if something goes wrong, we want nothing to do with it. Lo and behold, you know, Tay cooks me dinner and all is great. And I was like, I'm going to get into bed early and have like my beautiful night's sleep and Tay's going to go home and he's going to pick me up like sharp, like 5 a.m. and we're going to drive. Yeah, no. So that did not happen. I ended up getting horrible food poisoning. And at that time we didn't know it was food poisoning, this COVID things around, like who knows what's going on. Oh um, my God. My mom was like in the bathroom with me all night. Like I, I was really unwell and I'm texting Taylor. You gave me food poisoning. I've been training so long. That's nice text. It wasn't that nice. <laughs> Wait, I'm freaking out. Cause your mom like tapped out of cooking. Cause she was like, I don't want to be responsible Completely for anything. Tapped out. Taylor was like, I got this. Like no worries. Like, what did you cook? Steak. steak. And I haven't had a piece of red meat since that day. Oh my God. Um, Anyway, so the the whole quarantine thing goes. So actually, I'm so set in my ways. Tay came to pick me up that morning and my parents are like, you're not running this half. My mom was just like, you're not going to run this race. And I was like, oh, watch me. I'm going to the race. Like she was just up with me all night. She's like, we're not coming. Like this is not happening. Like just like accept it. Like you're not going to run it. And so, you know, I tell Tay, come pick me up. We're going. Tay drives me all the way there. We get there. And I'm like, he goes, gets my number, my pin. I'm like, this is still happening. And then like, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, this is just not happening. I was like, I'm I'm like, this is just really not happening. Like I'm going to be throwing up the whole race like this. So we get back in the car and I'm like beyond devastated to the point that I then have him drive me. This is how supportive he is. He drives me to a different location where I say, I'm just going to try to run it on my own in case I have to like start vomiting. So he drops me off. I was like, just leave me here by myself. And like, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, lo and behold, it was just not, it was just not my day. So I finally accepted that it was not going to be my day. And we went home and my friends all came over for my birthday. And then Tay kind of had a decision because once we kind of 
my parents gave us the ultimatum of like, you guys, if you want to go back to the city, you can go back, but you're no longer welcome back. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, it's like, a, this is like an all or none thing. Like, feel free to go be in your studio apartment, but like, don't think in a week from now that like our, the floodgates are going to open and you're welcome back. So I say to Tay, right. I'm bowing out. I'm like, Tay, I'm staying here. Like, um, I'm not going back to my apartment. I never went back until I packed it up and we, we packed it up. We packed it up and he packed it up. (laughs) Tay packed it up. (laughs) And um, then Taylor kind of was also put in an interesting position of he goes into work every day because he was working in a factory. Mm. And my dad is very close with Tay and very close to both of us. And they're kind of like, Taylor has to make a decision too. Like if he wants to come here, he can't go to work. Yeah. Um, So Tay can kind of walk through what that was like for him. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you guys, it's December. We made it through 2021. This year has been insane and incredibly stressful and overwhelming and busy and filled with high highs and low lows. And now it's time to rest and relax and kind of give ourselves a little break from the madness that has been 2021. And my favorite way to rest up is with the help of Mindset Wellness CBD's rest gummies. I have taken these pretty much all year to actually get a good night's sleep. And I do not know where I would be without them. And that's why this winter, I want to give you the gift of rest, or I want you to give somebody in your life the gift of rest. It is such a game changer and really helps you get through the day, get through the week, because we can't function without sleep. So head to mindsetwellness.com. Fill up your cart with the rest gummies. Not to mention, they taste incredible. They are gluten-free. They are vegan. They are non-GMO. They are organic. And if you use code seeing other people, you get 10% off and free shipping. Mindsetwellness.com. Let's get back to the episode. I was going to work more of like an admin role, like to just take care of our staff. Like they weren't there, but it was more or less like paying their bills, doing what we had to do as I was a in line to be a factory owner. And, um, for my profession, I was working with my family. It was just like, I cannot not go into the office if need be. So I made the decision just to live in my family's house, Long Island, which was like 20 minutes from our office with my dad. And he was going to work also. Like, so I was basically only exposed to him, but being not in the, her household, it was, I was on the outs. I was only, I was outside. I didn't come in. I, I think we saw each other once, maybe like in a park. Like, I didn't even come like 10 feet close to each other. Like it was, yeah. she was so My parents like took it real serious. It was like a fortress. Like I had no car keys. I wasn't going anywhere. Um, so it was definitely really hard because we didn't really know like, when is this ending or like what is happening? And then Tay, um, left his family business and went off on his own and decided that he was going to go down to Florida to see his mom for a bit. And after I got the first dose of the vaccine, I was like, you know what? Like I, it's time. Like I kind of made the executive decision of said to my parents, like I have the first dose, like I'm going down there. And there wasn't really a plan of like what, it, what was going to happen if I, well, when I came back, it was kind of just like a, I don't know, are they going to let me in the house? Like, what are they, if I show back up, like what, what's going to happen? Like we right. didn't really have much of a game plan, but I was like, okay, like this is, this is enough. We, like, we had the game plan her coming for a week. She was coming for a week. My yes, mom was a little freaked out. I'm like, ma, she's fine. She's, she's got her first vaccine. We didn't really even know about a vaccine at the time. I'm like, she's coming. Like I missed her to death. And I was just, was like, she's coming. 
So this uh, is not like January, February 2021. December, uh, right? No, December, I, wow. I came down in December. You came down in like January. January. Like, yes, yes, yes. Late January. Yeah. Um, and then one week turned into kind of like two weeks, which kind of turned into like three weeks. And then I had to go back for my second dose of the vaccine. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I need to leave. I was like, I have this appointment. I need to go back for it. And mind you, everybody listening, Taylor and I had never lived together yet. So not only did we never live together, we're living in like his mom's house in a completely new state, in a completely new environment. And I had known his mom from growing up, but by no means were we like biffed out. Like we weren't like going, you know, we, we didn't know each other that well. And I'm not really like, you know, I didn't really know. None of us knew what we were signing up for. Um, so Tay, you can kind of shed some light on what that was like for you. I've learned that we, me and Jamie both need two cars. Um, I've, I've learned that I can no longer share a kitchen with my mother. Uh, <laughs> what else did I learn? Mind you, I also needed a space that was private mm -hmm. for my sessions. Yeah. So there was definitely a few harder discussions at the beginning where I'm like, oh, I'm a therapist. You know, I can't have noise throughout the house. I can't have people just like popping in to say like, oh, you want to go on a walk? Or like, hey, what do you want for dinner? Um, and my schedule is not really like a normal nine to five schedule. So some nights it'd be like, Oh, like Jamie's working. And at the beginning that was like offensive where like, Oh, I wasn't like going to all have dinner. Like we all don't really like leave the community in the house. So we kind of like dinner time is like, Oh, everyone gets together. And I was like, Tay, like I, this I is have, a, I have a session. Like you have to have my dinner on like, on the table, six forty-five. Like I if they want me to be there, like we're on, we're on our schedule here. I um, I relate to that more than you know because when I am home um, at my parents' house, which I am at right now, it's like we all, we have family dinner together every night. And sometimes I'm like, okay, but I have a recording from like six thirty to seven thirty. My mom's like, well, I don't want to eat at six, and I don't want to eat at seven thirty. I want to eat at seven. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, and it becomes this whole big fight. And like, you're right. Like, it does come off as an offensive thing, even though it's literally not at. It's literally all. like I was like, hey, like this isn't like a personal thing, but it's also not my family. So I'm like, hey, like right. so you know, if you want me to awkward. say it, or like if you think there's a better way to say it so um that kind of went on and then I came back to New York and I was like well Tay like what is going on like what are we doing because again like there was no like real game plan we didn't you know have anything definitive and then lo and behold Valentine's Day was like the next weekend and he was like you're not going to be back for Valentine's Day it's also our, it would also be our anniversary or our first date which is like we've always viewed as our anniversary so just mm -hmm. February 9th so I was just like you're going up, you're going to get your shot and you're coming back. Like, I can't fly up to New York for Valentine's day. Cause I don't have a vaccine right. played that card. Cause I was kind of tired of New York at the time. Like I, I was like ready to be out in, in a new state and like try something new. And then she came back for Valentine's day, planning to stay another week, week and a half. And yeah, mind and you, then, like I'm super close with my family. We all live within like less than a quarter mile radius that includes like my grandparents my cousins we all are like super close so quarantine you know we were kind of like all in like our own bubble like my dad and brother work with my uncle and cousin so it's one of those things where like oh my god like not only did she like leave the bubble but she like left like I was the dead last person that was ever gonna leave like New York or my family so I think it was also like that shock and all of my friends are like what is happening like what, what like seriously like what is going on I, um, I thought she was never like, wait, what? Okay. Bye. Literally. Um, and then it kind of got to the point of like, 
nearing like March and my birthday's in March. And I was like, oh, like I'm definitely going home for my birthday. Like I don't ever not spend a birthday with my family. And funny enough, Tay and I were going to now quarantine had kind of like lamed a little bit. And we were going down to go visit, see one of my friends that was down here in Florida with his family. And on the way we like had stopped to go visit one of Taylor's friends who everyone can be aware of Taylor's communication skills at, you know, in terms of making plans are extremely poor. He's not very good at like following up and like communicating that, like, I'll be here at this time. And this is the expectation. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, this person said this was cool. So like, I'm sure it's cool. Like that is just not how communication works at all. So we show up. Back. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But he doesn't, but he leaves that part out to me. So I'm like all ready, like to meet his friends. And we show up to the apartment and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm not home. I'm, I'm at a pickleball tournament. So I'm like, so what are we doing here? Like, why did we make this stop? Why did we leave two hours early? Anyway, the two of us and Taylor being who he is, he's like, oh, we're going to have a great time. Like, let's just go pretend like we're looking at apartments. Like, of course, you know, he always makes the best of the situation and makes light of it. So here we go. The two of us on like a Sunday at noon, we just start walking into random buildings and nobody. An wants area, to- we have no clue where we are. We have no idea where we are. Nobody wants to give us a tour. They're like, no, we have appointments. Like you don't just like walk in and get a tour. Like we can see you. It's like probably 11 o'clock. We can see you at two. And I'm like, oh, like Taylor, I'm not sitting here. Like that doesn't work. So we're walking and like, mind you, it's Florida in the summer. It's really hot. And Taylor points to the building. And he's like, let's go over there. It's in March. March, whatever, Taylor. It was, it was hot. Florida. Florida. It was still hot. It wasn't Florida the summer, but it was still hot. Uh, Florida hot. And he's like, points to something that's like three blocks away. Like, think city blocks because they're not like blocks here. And I'm like, no, 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 too far. Like, I don't want to go to that building. Like, let's go to the one right here. And we go to the one right here. No showing. Sorry. So Taylor wins and we walk. He doesn't win a lot, but he won. And we walk over to this other building and we walk in. Beautiful building right on this water. We still have, mind you, no idea where we are. We walk in and we're like, hey, like, can we see an apartment? We're really interested in like moving here. And the girl was like, sure, like, give me five minutes. So I'm already like a little bit suspicious, like five minutes. Like it's like 1145 now, like on a Sunday. So we viewed every single apartment just for the fun of it in this building. We found out that it was actually the girl's first day showing the building. And that's why she was like so ecstatic at noon to like oh show God. up. <laughs> and I look at Taylor and I was like, hey, like, I'll make like a nice deal with you. I was like, if we sign this lease right now, I'll stay in Florida. But if we walk out this door, I'm going to New York on Monday and I'm not coming wow. back. Wow. Yeah. And now so you're living in this apartment. We're currently sitting in this apartment. That, I that is so crazy. That statement in. Um, we didn't speak to anybody. We haven't spoken to my parents, her parents. I sent my parents and in my group chat with like my grandparents, you know, my cousins, like a picture of Tay and I signing the lease. And like, I was getting back like crying face emojis. Like, haha, you guys are so funny. Like you have nothing better to do than like play a joke on us. And I was like, no, no, no. Why does nobody, why does nobody think I'm being serious? Um, Signed the lease on Sunday. We moved in on Wednesday. That is insane. Yeah. We're still here. And you're still still here. here. We're still together and we're very happy. And I never thought I would have loved Florida. And we kind of, and we had this conversation a few weeks ago where home is kind of where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think obviously you guys went through so many like periods of unknown 
and, and not knowing like, are you going to be able to see each other? Are you going to be able to see your families? Like what's going to happen? And obviously you work together to make the most of it. And I think that's like why you're still here together today in this apartment in Miami. Um, and I think that's really cool. I mean, obviously it's been such a difficult time for so many people, whether they're on their own or in relationships or getting in and out of relationships. And you guys really were able to support each other through all of the question marks and all of the, okay, let's go here for one week. And I think that's really cool and like amazing and, and really speaks to how, despite Taylor's communication issues, how you guys communicate with each other. Um, so before we go, I want to hear from each of you just throughout your entire relationships and, and everything you've learned, like what advice would you give to anyone who is like getting into a relationship or they're maybe at like the one year mark or just like general, like how did you guys get to where you are now? Like what were the main things that really helped you make it work? Yeah. I mean, from my end, I can say that like I wake up every day and I'm thankful that he's my biggest cheerleader. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm absolutely like at my worst or, you know, at my best, like he's always there through and through. It doesn't matter like what the situation is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it didn't matter if it was me studying for these exams, if it was me, I don't know, professional wise, what I'm doing or, you know, the passing of my grandparents, or I wanted to go run a marathon during quarantine in the pitch black at 5am. And there he was in his car with his headlights behind me, cheering me on, like, go Jamie, there's nobody else that even knew I was running the marathon. It was just Tay and I on the streets in the pitch black. And here he is like at, with water. And at one point there was like a policeman pulled him over being like, what are you doing? And no matter like what my crazy idea is, no matter what this crazy idea is, Tay is always like, okay, like, let's make it work. Like, how are we going to make this work? Like, you want to do this? Like, that's what it is. So I think it's really understanding your partner and really always being supportive and, and listening. I think the biggest thing for us is listening and giving the other person an opportunity to speak where it's like, Hey, like no interruptions until I'm done. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And understanding that, although maybe he didn't make he didn't mean to make me feel this way. And I didn't mean to make him feel that way. That's not in the other person's control. And sometimes I'll say, Tay, like I'm upset right now. And you know, that may not have been your intention and it's not your control, whether or not you make me upset or you don't make me upset. That's a me thing, but we need to figure out why am I so upset or like, why am I so impacted by this? And we sit and have the hard discussions because if you don't have the hard discussions, it, it just won't work. You know, and we learned that when we didn't have the hard discussions that it was not working. Um, so I think it's also being patient with each other and both of us starting our own businesses. Like there definitely has been a lot of extra stress right now. And the stress of, you know, people being like, Oh, like when, when are you guys coming to New York? And at the end of the day, we always come back around to like, we're doing what's best for us. And if you're happy and I'm happy, then we're happy. So it's kind of viewing the relationship as like, this is a, we, we are a team. And if like one of the team members is struggling, then the whole team is struggling. So if you kind of take that perspective and it's not easy and I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy because we all have our days and we all have our moments, but we always come back around to that idea. And the idea of, you know, we always try to make each other laugh. We don't even try to make each other laugh. You know, it just, it really just happens sometimes and it's belly laugh and it's so funny. And those are the moments and the times that like make us come around to like our why. Um, so that's from my end. Hey. How do I follow that one up? Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, more, uh, exactly. I'm, but that's usually how it works. You know, she's better. She's a better athlete. <laughs> she's smarter than I am. <laughs> better at dealing with food poisoning. He's getting there. Though. Uh, 
the one thing I think she missed was like dating your best friend. Like we spoke about it earlier. Like since day one of meeting Jane, like not meeting, but going on our first date, I would say like, I always knew she was going to be a huge person in my life. I didn't realize how big actually I did. I wanted it since the first date. I wanted to marry her since my first date. And um, I think just listening to her was the biggest thing. Like she didn't spew crap. Like her words carry weight. And if I just listen and I don't respond back by an excuse or saying that I'm going to do it or I'm going to do X, I'm going to do Y. I just actually go, she like, she loves action. And I think I could, when I have that action, that is how I communicate differently with her and not use my words, but use my actions to really make this work. And it's also just, I think really being a clear communicator or having one person be a clear communicator, one person to be like more open to saying like, Hey, I'm wrong. There's plenty of times where I'll say I'm wrong less for her because she's a little better than I am. But no, um, that being said, like she's just, we're both willing to fight and communicate with one another. And rather than in the beginning, we would fight with each other or against one each other, against each other. But now we fight with each other. And I think that's our biggest battles. And our biggest strengths as well. Yeah, I love all of that. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, before we go, Jamie, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about your practice? You have amazing Instagram comment content. Obviously, shout that out. And then Taylor, of course, want to, want you to tell everyone about Blake Taylor and where they can check that out. Awesome. Of course. Thank you for having us. We absolutely adore you. And we adore what you're doing, and we think it's amazing. And to find me on Instagram, it's jg.well, and my website is jg-well.com. And then to find me, uh, our Instagram is at Blake Taylor Jewelry. Uh, we are a fine and fashion jewelry company as well as concierge jewelry company. Uh, we do do engagement rings and bridal as well. And um, our website is blaketaylor.com. And just thank you so much for having us, Alana. It was great. Yay, thank you. And to everyone who listened, thank you so much. Definitely follow both of them. You'll be seeing me sharing a ton of content. You'll be hearing more from Jamie on seeing other people. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!